And I'm thirsty anyway, so bring on the pain. That's right, today we're going to do a couple of the very famous pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Messianic Rule and the War Scroll. Yep, that just so happens to be right here in order on the Dead Sea Scrolls. We're going to get into the War Scroll, but first the Fragmentary Messianic Rule, which originally was included in the, the Dead Sea Scrolls with the community rule, you know, the, the rule of the congregation. Uh, but it's called the Messianic Rule because it's got an idea of an eschatological bent to it. Uh, apologies, by the way, for the sound of the, uh, the boomer lawnmower noise going on in the background. Oh, well, let's jump right into the Messianic Rule. Very brief. <clears throat> this is the rule for all the congregation of Israel in the last days, when they shall join the community to walk according to the law of the sons of Zadok, the priests, and of the men of their covenant who have turned aside from the way of the people, the men of his council who keep his covenant in the midst of iniquity, offering expiation for the land. When they come, they shall summon them all, the little children and the women also, and they shall read into their ears all the precepts of the covenant, and shall expound to them all their statutes, that they may no longer stray in their errors. So again, this is an eschatological idea here, so it goes, it's more appropriate to put it next to the war scroll in your reading, because this is end times type stuff for the Dead Sea Scroll community, Qumran here. And the idea that I'm getting here is when we win, if anybody's left, we're going to stick this in their ears. That'll show them. And so we continue on. And this is the rule for all the hosts of the congregation, for every man born in Israel. From his youth they shall instruct him in the book of meditation, and shall teach him according to his age the precepts of the covenant. He shall be educated in their statutes for ten years. At the age of twenty years he shall be enrolled, that he may enter upon his allotted duties in the midst of his family, and be joined to the holy congregation. He shall not approach a woman to know her by lying with her before he is fully twenty years old, when he shall know good and evil. And thereafter he shall be accepted when he calls to witness the judgments of the law, and shall be allowed to assist at the hearing of judgments. At the age of twenty-five years he may take his place among the foundations, i.e. the officials, of the holy congregation to work in the service of the congregation. At the age of 30 years, he may approach to participate in lawsuits and judgments, and may take his place among the chiefs of the thousands of Israel, the chiefs of the hundreds, fifties, and tens, the judges and the officers of their tribes, in all their families, under the authority of the sons of Aaron the priests, and every head of family in the congregation who is chosen to hold office, to go and come before the congregation uh, who is chosen to hold office, uh, to, sorry, let me restart that. And every head of the family in the congregation who is chosen to hold office to go and come before the congregation shall strengthen his loins that he may perform his tasks among his brethren in accordance with his understanding in the perfection of his way. According to whether this is great or little, shall one man be honored more than another. When a man is advanced in years, he shall be given a duty in the service of the congregation in proportion to his strength. No simpleton shall be chosen to hold office in the congregation of Israel with regard to lawsuits or judgment, nor carry any responsibility in the congregation. Nor shall he hold any office in the war destined to vanquish the nations. 
His family shall merely inscribe him in the army register, and he shall do his service and task work in proportion to his capacity. The sons of Levi shall hold office, each in his place, under the authority of the sons of Aaron. They shall cause all the congregation to go and come, each man in his rank, under the direction of the heads of family of the congregation, the leaders, judges, and officers, according to the number of all their hosts, under the authority of the sons of Zadok, the priests, and under the direction of all the heads of family of the congregation. And when the whole assembly is summoned for judgment, or for a council of the community, or for war, they shall sanctify them for three days, that every one of its members may be prepared. So do you notice that they're doing something that might seem a little familiar? They're planning everybody's lives. Their whole thing is when we win, we're going to plan out your life from the day you're born to the day you're 10 years old to the day you're 20 years old when you can finally start doing the horizontal tango with your sweetie when you're 30 when you can finally do that. But you're going to be assigned your work. And uh, hmm, you also aren't going to have anything in common. Uh, you're going to have everything in common, actually. Uh, you're not really going to own any property because we're still keeping that around. This is like proto-Sovietism. This is not Old Testament biblical morality. This isn't the law. This is, we want to go back to the Old Testament way of doing things, uh, particularly the era of judges and the wilderness wanderings. But we want to do it with a lot more communism and a lot more totalitarian control over every single individual to make sure that everybody does exactly as we want them to. No, that's what they want, though. When they win, they want to have even more control over the individual's life than is necessitated in the law of Moses. It's, a, it's like a bad dream, <laughs> what they want. Their aspirations are not even kooky it's just bad anyway continuing on these are the men who these are the men who shall be called to the council of the community all the wise men of the congregation the learned and the intelligent men whose way is perfect and men of ability together with the tribal chiefs and all the judges and officers and the chiefs of the thousands hundreds fifties and tens and the levites each man in the class of his duty these are the men of renown the members of the assembly summoned to the council of the community in israel before the sons of zadok the priest and no man smitten with any human uncleanness shall enter the assembly of god no man smitten with any of them shall be confirmed in his office in the congregation. No man smitten in his flesh, or paralyzed in his feet, or hands, or lame, or blind, or deaf, or dumb, or smitten in his flesh with a visible blemish. No old and tottery man, unable to stay still in the midst of the congregation. None of these shall come to hold office among the congregation of the men of renown. For the angels of holiness are with their congregation." Should one of them have something to say to the council of holiness, let him be questioned privately, but let him not enter among the congregation, for he is smitten. Again, one-upping the law of Moses. I'm pretty sure there is no law in the Mosaic Covenant which says that if you have Parkinson's, you're, you're not allowed to come before the priests or enter into the assembly. But here they are adding a tottering old man or Old and tottery man unable to stay still in the midst of the congregation. Sorry, Michael J. Fox, when Qumran takes over the world, uh, you're not invited to church. You're just not because that's icky, okay? And the angels are around you and angels just hate Parkinson's. They hate you if you have Parkinson's. 
or if you have some sort of uh, other neurological thing, you got restless leg syndrome, yeah, forget you, loser. <laughs> then shall the assembly of the men of renown uh, called to the meeting of the council of the community. When God engenders the priest Messiah, he shall come with them at the head of the whole congregation of Israel with all his brethren, the sons of Aaron, the priests, those called to the assembly, the men of renown, and they shall sit before him, each man in the order of his dignity. And then the Messiah of Israel shall come, and the chiefs of the clans of Israel shall sit before him, each in the order of his dignity, according to his place in their camps and marches. And before them shall sit all the heads of the family of con the congregation, and the wise men of the holy congregation, each in the order of his dignity. And when they shall gather for the common table, to eat and to drink new wine, when the common table shall be set for eating, and the new wine poured for drinking, let no man extend his hand over the first fruits of bread and wine before the priest. For it is he who shall bless the first fruits of bread and wine, and shall be the first to extend his hand over the bread. Thereafter the Messiah of Israel shall extend his hand over the bread, and all the congregation of the community shall utter a blessing, each man in the order of his dignity. It is according to this statute that they shall proceed at every meal at which at least ten men are gathered together. So, that's, that's it for the little uh, messianic rule thing, but it's saying when the priestly Messiah comes, the Messiah who's in charge of religious matters, uh, here's how he's going to do things. He's going to follow our rules because we're so holy, you see, and we, we hate people that are shaky. That's them. This is their, their dream idea, their, what they want out of everything. And as for how that goes, how that's to be achieved, well, we're going to look at the War Scroll. And the War Scroll is... Look, you can just imagine dispensationalists today just violently rubbing their thighs in excitement or like patting their knees like... Oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. This should be added to the Bible. Oh, my gosh. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. That's the war scroll. Let's just jump right in. The contents of the war rule are as follows. Proclamation of war against the Kittim. Reorganization of temple worship. Program of the 40 Years War. The Trumpets, the Standards, Disposition and Weapons of the Front Formations. Movements of the attacking infantry, disposition and movements of the cavalry, age of the soldiers, the camp, duties of the priests and the Levites, exhortation, trumpet signals, addresses and prayers of the battle liturgy, prayer recited at the moment of victory, thanksgiving ceremony, and battle against the Kittim. So that is uh, from the translator that worked on this. That's how he's looking at it, and this sounds a lot more boring than uh, what the War Scroll is usually made out to say. But we will jump right in, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to read it maybe semi-quickly to get through some of the more boring presenting parts to see if maybe is this really one of those really cool things like the Giant Scroll or whatever that we hear about here in the Dead Sea collection. So, jumping right in... <clears throat> For the master, the rule of war on the unleashing of the attack of the sons of light against the company of the sons of darkness, the army of Belial, against the hand of Edom, Moab, and the sons of Ammon, and against the army of the sons of the east and the Philistines, and against the bands of the Kittim of Assyria and their allies, the ungodly of the covenant. So already we're expecting some symbolic language here because there aren't really Philistines at this point. 
And uh, Edom is around, sure. The Romans were with them, and the Greeks had done some stuff for the Edomites. Moab, not so much. You don't really hear about Moab after the uh, the Babylonian exile event because the Babylonians took over the Moabites. Uh, you don't really hear what became of them. But these people, they would say, uh, we know the difference and we know who is maybe spiritually a Philistine, an Edomite, or a Moabite. And of course, the Katim of Assyria, hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about who exactly that is. So we start reading even more. The sons of Levi, Judah, and Benjamin, the exiles in the desert, shall battle against them in dot dot dot. All their bands on the exiled sons of light return from the desert of the peoples to camp in the desert of Jerusalem. And after the battle they shall go up from there to Jerusalem. The king of the Kittim shall enter into Egypt, and in his time he shall set out in great wrath to wage war against the kings of the north. But his fury may destroy and cut the horn of Israel. This shall be a time of salvation for the people of God, an age of dominion for all the members of his company, and everlasting destruction for all the company of Belial. The confusion of the sons of Japheth shall be great, and Assyria shall fall unsuccored. The dominion of the Kittim shall come to an end, and antiquity, sorry, and iniquity shall be vanquished, leaving no remnant. For the sons of darkness there shall be no escape. The sons of righteousness shall shine all over all the ends of the earth. They shall go on shining until all the seasons of darkness are consumed, and at the season appointed by God, his exalted greatness shall shine eternally to the peace, blessing, glory, joy, and long life of all the sons of light. So, a uh, hint there when they say Japheth. So we understand that Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Uh, Shem is where we get the term Semite. It's where we get our modern-day Hebrews, as well as a lot of the... Um, other Arabian and Near Eastern tribes. The Babylonians, the Mesopotamians, they're considered um, Semites. Then Japheth, well, Japhethites, that's, well, anybody that's Asian or European by descent, which means myself, probably you, if you're listening to this, or if you are um, Chinese or Indian, uh, some flavor of Dravidian. Generally speaking, that broad... Um, subdivision of humanity all hails from the loins of Japheth. So if we take these people at their word, they're saying that the sons of Japheth are the Assyrians, which the OG Assyrians are actually Semites, I believe. But at the same time, we can't forget this was written when the Greeks were in charge of the Near East. And that may be, that may just be what they're thinking of. But we continue on. On the day when the Kittim fall, there shall be battle and terrible carnage before the God of Israel. For that shall be the day appointed from ancient times for the battle of destruction of the sons of darkness. At that time, the assembly of gods and the hosts of men shall battle, causing great carnage. On the day of calamity, the sons of light shall battle with the company of darkness amid the shouts of a mighty multitude and the clamor of gods and men to make manifest the might of God. And it shall be a time of great tribulation for the people which God shall redeem. Of all its afflictions, none shall be as this, from its sudden beginning until its end in eternal redemption. On the day of their battle against the Kittim, they shall set out for carnage, and three lots shall the sons of light brace themselves in battle to strike down iniquity, and in three lots shall Belial's host gird itself to thrust back the company of God. 
and when the hearts of the detachments of foot soldiers faint, then shall the might of God fortify the hearts of the sons of light, and with the seventh lot the mighty hand of God shall bring down the army of Belial, and all the angels of his kingdom, and all the members of his company in everlasting destruction. The priests, the Levites, and the heads of the tribes, the priests as well as the Levites, and the divisions of the 52 heads of family of the congregation. They shall rank the chief priests below the high priest and his vicar, and the twelve chief priests shall minister at the daily sacrifice before God, whereas the twenty-six leaders of the priestly divisions shall minister in their divisions. Goodness, that's a lot of noise. Be right back. Let me pause the recording. Below them, in perpetual ministry shall be the chiefs of the Levites to the number of twelve, one for each tribe. The leaders of their divisions shall minister each in his place. Below them shall be the chiefs of the tribes together with the heads of family of the congregation. They shall attend daily at the gates of the sanctuary, whereas the leaders of their division, with their numbered men, shall attend at their appointed times. On noon moons, and on Sabbaths, and on all the days of the year, their age being fifty years and over. These are the men who shall attend at holocausts and sacrifices to prepare sweet-smelling incense for the good pleasure of God to atone for all his congregation and to satisfy themselves perpetually before him at the table of glory. They shall arrange all these things during the season of the year of release. During the remaining 33 years of the war, the men of renown, those summoned to the assembly together with all the heads of family of the congregation, shall choose for themselves fighting men for all the lands of the nations. They shall arm for themselves warriors from all the tribes of Israel to enter the army year by year when they are summoned to war. But they shall arm no man for entry into the army during the years of release, for they are Sabbaths for the rest of Israel. In the thirty-five years of service, the war shall be fought during six. The whole congregation shall fight it together, and during the remaining twenty-nine years the war shall be divided. During the first year they shall fight against Aram Nahariam, Naharaim. During the second, against the sons of Lud. During the third, against the remnant of the sons of Aram, against Uz and Hul and Togar and Misha, beyond the Euphrates. During the fourth and fifth, they shall fight against the sons of Arpachad. During the sixth and seventh, against all the sons of Assyria and Persia in the east, as far as the great desert. During the eighth year, they shall fight against the sons of Elam. During the ninth, against the sons of Ishmael and Keturah. In the ten years which follow... The war shall be divided against all the sons of Ham according to their clans and their habitations. And during the ten years which remain, the war shall be divided against all the sons of Japheth in their habitations. Yeah, thank God Qumran's just gone. Because, I mean, it seems to me like um, their ultimate plan was your extinction unless you're one of them. This is a group that wanted to literally annihilate everybody that wasn't a member of Israel. And when they mention new moons and Sabbaths, you know, you get almost the feeling like St. Paul when he says, let no one judge you in accordance with a new moon or a Sabbath. I wonder if he had Qumran weirdos in mind. Especially because these people want, they really want to fight everybody that's descended from Japheth. They want them all to die. That means you. This group would have hated you. So before... You hear somebody say, oh man, I'm totally into the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, you ever take a look at the War Scroll? I bet you they haven't read it, because if the War Scroll is true, they're on the chopping block. But we continue on. 
The rule for the trumpets of summons and the trumpets of al alarm during, according to all their duties. Let me restart that. My goodness, I was just a little mini stroke there. The rule for the trumpets of summons and the trumpets of alarm according to all their duties. The trumpets of summons shall sound for disposal in battle formations and to summon the foot soldiers to advance when the gates of war shall open. And the trumpets of alarm shall sound for massacre and for ambush and for pursuit when the enemy shall be smitten and for retreat from battle. On the trumpets calling the congregation they shall write the called of God. On the trumpets calling the chiefs they shall write the princes of God. On the trumpets of the levies they shall write the army of God. On the trumpets of the men of renown and of the heads of family of the congregation gathered in the house of assembly they shall write summoned by God to the council of holiness. On the trumpets of the camps they shall write the peace of God in the camps of his saints. And on the trumpets of break, for breaking camp, they shall write, The mighty deeds of God shall crush the enemy, putting to flight all those who hate righteousness, and bringing shame on those who hate him. Probably a really long set of trumpets, that each one of these has that big old sentence right there. On the trumpets for battle formations, they shall write, Formations of the divisions of God for the vengeance of his wrath on the sons of darkness. Another long, long, long trumpet column. On the trumpet summoning the foot soldiers to advance toward the enemy formations, when the gates of war are opened, they shall write, Reminder of vengeance in God's appointed time. On the trumpets of massacre, they shall write, The mighty hand of God in war shall cause all the ungodly slain to fall. On the trumpets of ambush, they shall write, The mysteries of God shall undo wickedness. On the trumpets of pursuit, they shall write, God has smitten all the sons of darkness, his fury shall not end until they are utterly consumed. On the trumpets of retreat, when they retreat from battle to the formation, they shall write, God has reassembled. On the trumpets of return from battle against the enemy, when they journey to the congregation in Jerusalem, they shall write, Rejoicings of God in the peaceful return. Lots of trumpets there. See, the, these guys in Qumran, they had it all figured out. They knew exactly how they were going to do war and everything. The rule for the standards of the whole congregation according to their levies. On the great standard at the head of the people, they shall write the people of God, together with the names of Israel and Aaron, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel, according to the order of their precedence. On the standards of the camp columns, formed by three tribes, they shall write dot 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 of God, together with the name of the leader of the camp, dot dot dot. On the standard of the tribe, they shall write banner of God, together with the name of the leader of the tribe, and the names of the chiefs of its clans. On the standard of the myriad, they shall write dot 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 of God, together with the name of the chief of the myriad and the names of the leaders of its thousands. On the standard of the thousands, they shall write dot 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 of God, together with the name of the chief of the thousands and the names of the leaders of its hundreds. On the standard of hundred, dot dot dot, so probably more of the same, even though the, the manuscript is fragmentary there. On the standard of Merari, they shall write the votive offering of God together with the name of the chief of Merari and the names of the leaders of its thousands. On the standard of the thousand they shall write, The wrath of God is kindled against Belial and against the men of his company, leaving no remnant, together with the name of the chief of the thousands and the name of the leaders of its hundreds. On the standard of the hundred they shall write, From God comes the might of war against all sinful flesh, together with the name of the chief of the hundred and the names of the leaders of its fifties. On the standard of the fifty, they shall write, The stand of the ungodly is ended by the power of God, together with the name of the chief of the fifty and the names of the leaders of its tens. On the standard of the ten, they shall write, Praised be God on the ten-stringed harp, together with the name of the chief of the ten and the names of the nine men under his command. When they march out to battle, they shall write on their standards, 
truth of God, justice of God, glory of God, judgment of God, followed by the whole ordered list of their names. When they approach for battle, they shall write on their standards, right hand of God, appointed time of God, tumult of God, slain of God, followed by the whole list of their names. When they return from battle, they shall write on their standards, honor of God, majesty of God, splendor of God, glory of God, together with the whole list of their names. Oh my goodness. It's like that kid who's got like a birthday party coming up and he has like this 20 page bullet pointed list of everything he wants to do like minute by minute exactly how he wants his birthday party to go like it, it, this ugly wet dream of kill all the gentiles here this is uh stuff that they want to do and they've really planned it out standard by standard banner by banner <sighs> again thank god that this um really isn't something that is possible right now but continuing on <clears throat> The rule for the standards of the congregation. When they set out for battle, they shall write on the first standard, congregation of God, on the second standard, camps of God, on the third standard, tribes of God, on the fourth standard, clans of God, on the fifth standard, divisions of God, on the sixth standard, assembly of God, on the seventh standard, the called of God, and on the eighth standard, hosts of God, and they shall write the lists of their names with all their order. When they approach for battle, they shall write on their standards, war of God, vengeance of God, trial of God, reward of God, power of God, retributions of God, might of God, extermination of God for all the nations of vanity. And they shall write on them the whole list of their names. <clears throat> when they return from battle, they shall write on their standards, salvation of God, victory of God, help of God, support of God, joy of God, thanksgivings of God, praise of God, peace of God. The measurements of the standards. The standard of the whole congregation shall be 14 cubits long. The standard of the three tribes, 13 cubits long. The standard of the tribe, 12 cubits. The standard of the myriad, 11 cubits. The standard of the thousand, 10 cubits. The standard of the hundreds, or hundred, nine cubits. The standard of the 50, eight cubits. The standard of the 10, seven cubits. And on the shield of the prince of all the congregation, they shall write his name together with the names of Israel, Levi, and Aaron, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel, according to the order of their precedence with the names of their twelve chiefs. The rule for the ordering of battle, the battle divisions, to complete a front formation when their host has reached its full number. The formation shall consist of one thousand men ranked seven lines deep, each man standing behind the other. They shall all hold shields of bronze burnished like mirrors. The shield shall be edged with an interlaced border and with inlaid ornament, a work of art in pure gold and silver and bronze and precious stones, a many-colored design worked by a craftsman. The length of the shield shall be two and a half cubits and its width one and a half cubits. In their hands they shall hold a spear and a sword. The length of the spear shall be seven cubits, of which the socket and spike shall measure half a cubit. The socket shall be edged with three embossed interlaced rings of pure gold and silver and bronze, a work of art. The inlaid ornaments on both edges of the ring shall be bordered with precious stones, patterned bands working by, or worked by a craftsman and embossed with ears of corn. Between the rings, the socket shall be embossed with artistry like a pillar. The spike shall be made of brilliant white iron, the work of a craftsman. In its center, pointing towards the tip, shall be ears of corn in pure gold. The swords shall be made of pure iron, refined by the smelter, and blanched to resemble a mirror. The work of a craftsman. On both sides of their blades, pointing toward the tip, figured ears of corn 
shall be embossed in pure gold. By corn, by the way, they're not talking about maize from the Americas. They're probably thinking about grain. Um, you know, corn and wheat used to be more or less the same word as far as I understand it. And they shall have two straight borders on each side. The length of the sword shall be one and a half cubits with its width four fingers. The width of the scabbard shall be four thumbs. <sighs> there shall be four palms to the scabbard from the girdle, and it shall be attached to the girdle on both sides for a length of five palms. The hilt of the sword shall be of pure horn, worked on by a craftsman with pattern, ba or patterned bands in gold and silver and precious stones, dot, 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 vacat. When dot 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 shall stand the dot dot dot, they shall order the seven battle divisions, division after division, dot dot dot, thirty cubits where the men of the division shall stand, dot dot dot, seven times and shall return to their positions. And after them, three divisions of foot soldiers shall advance and shall station themselves between the formations, and the first division shall hurl seven javelins of war towards the enemy formation. On the point of the javelins they shall write, Shining Javelin of the Power of God. And on the darts of the second division they shall write bloody spikes to bring down the slain by the wrath of God. And on the javelins of the third division they shall write flaming blade to devour the wicked struck down by the judgment of God. All these shall hurl their javelins seven times and shall afterward return to their positions. Then two divisions of foot soldiers shall advance and shall station themselves between the two formations. The first division shall be armed with a spear and a shield, and the second with a shield and a sword, to bring down the slain by the judgment of God, and to bend the enemy formation by the power of God, to pay the reward of their wickedness to all the nations of vanity. And sovereignty shall be to the God of Israel, and he shall accomplish mighty deeds by the saints of his people. So, when, when we hear javelins, maybe somebody would be like, oh man, you know, it'd be really impractical to have jewels and stuff and gold and silver and stuff on your on your spear and on your shield. This must be like uh, the work of a craftsman. That It must be like symbolic and maybe it's really just missiles. Yeah, this is just them saying missiles that are painted funny. No, they... This is a strategic thing. They really do think they're going to have like really blinged out weapons and stuff because they'll be so rich and that that will somehow maybe confer some sort of divine power to it. And they're they're strategizing with, you know, ancient warfare. It's antiquity, not super secret missiles and stuff, man. But continuing on. Seven troops of horsemen shall also station themselves to the right and to the left of the formation. Their troops shall stand on this side and on that. 700 horsemen on one flank and 700 horsemen on the other. 200 horsemen shall advance with 1,000 men of the formation of foot soldiers, and they shall likewise station themselves on both flanks of the camp. Together there shall be 4,600 men and 1,000 cavalrymen with the men of the army formations, 50 to each formation. The horsemen, together with the cavalry of the army, shall number 6,500 to each tribe. The horses advancing into battle with the foot soldiers shall all be stallions. They shall be swift, sensitive of mouth and sound of wind, and of the required age, trained for war and accustomed to noise and to every kind of sight. Their riders shall be gallant fighting men and skilled horsemen, and their age shall be from 30 to 45 years. The horsemen of the army shall be from 40 to 50 years old. Uh, old horsemen, huh? They in their mounts shall wear breastplates, helmets, and greaves. They shall carry in their hand, hands bucklers and a spear eight cubits long. 
The horsemen, advancing with the foot soldiers, shall carry bows and arrows and javelins of war. They shall all hold themselves prepared, dot, 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 of God, and to spill the blood of the wicked, dot, dot, dot. <clears throat> the men of the army shall be from 40 to 50 years old. The inspectors of the camps shall be from 50 to 60 years old. The officers shall be from 40 to 50 years old. The despoilers of the slain, the plunderers of booty, the cleansers of the land, the keepers of the baggage, and those who furnish the provisions shall be from 25 to 30 years old. No boy or woman shall enter their camps from the time they leave Jerusalem and march out to war until they return. No man who is lame or blind or crippled or afflicted with a lasting bodily blemish or smitten with a bodily impurity, none of these shall march out to war with them. They shall all be freely enlisted for war, perfect in spirit and body and prepared for the day of vengeance. And no man shall go down with them on the day of battle who is impure because of his fount, for the holy angels shall be with their hosts. And there shall be a space of about 2,000 cubits in between all their camps for the place serving as a latrine, so that no indecent nakedness may be seen in the surroundings of their camps. We're going to be so perfect, we're going to poop off in the distance, so that you don't even see imperfection around us. That's how perfect we're going to be. Perfect. Super perfect. Morally acceptable. Physically acceptable. We're going to have, like, perfect 10 out of 10 boys there fighting for us, all right, as we kill everybody. <clears throat> when the battle formations are marshaled facing the enemy, formation facing formation, seven priests of the sons of Aaron shall advance from the middle gates to the place between the formations. They shall be clothed in vestments of white cloth and of flax, a fine linen tunic, and fine linen breeches. And they shall be girdled with fine cloth of flax embroidered with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, a many-colored design worked by a craftsman. And on their heads they shall wear mitered turbans. They shall be battle raiment. Um, they shall not take them into the sanctuary. Battle raiment with your little pope hat and your scarlet. Okay, totally not a LARP, but all right. The first priest shall advance before the men of the formation to strengthen their hand for battle. And the six other priests shall hold in their hands the trumpets of summons and the trumpets of the reminder and the trumpets of alarm for massacre. <laughs> massacre. And the trumpets of pursuit and the trumpets of retreat. And when the priests advance to the place between the formations, seven Levites shall accompany them, bearing in their hands seven rams' horns, and three officers of the Levites shall walk before the priests and Levites. The priests shall sound the two trumpets of summons for the gates of war to open fifty shields wide. And the foot soldiers shall advance, fifty from one gate and fifty from the other. With them shall advance the officers of the Levites, and they shall advance with every formation according to all this rule. The priests shall sound the trumpets, and two divisions of foot soldiers shall advance from the gate and shall station themselves between the two formations. The trumpets shall sound to direct the slingers until they have cast seven times. Afterwards, the priests shall sound for them the trumpets of retreat, and they shall return to the flank of the first formation to take up their position. See what I was saying earlier about this being, you know, warfare in antiquity. When you hear them talking about javelins being all blinged out and stuff, that can't really be, even if somebody was to claim this is a legit prophecy, it's not going to be um, blinged out missiles or something or guns, because here you see slingers and foot soldiers and horsemen and stuff and it doesn't it just doesn't work they're describing ancient warfare this is their strategy they're what they're doing is they are superimposing their thoughts of holiness into how you go about war and including having the elders of the men at 40 to 50 years old being the guys out there on horseback doing the hardest work 
because they believe that if you were a leader, you were going to be older within reason. You couldn't be 60 or remember. But that the strategy wouldn't work in real life. You put that against like Alexander's phalanx, they're probably going to die, especially because they're only doing things for up to seven times because that's a holy number. It's, it's really LARPy. But we continue. Then the priests shall sound the trumpets of summons, and three divisions of foot soldiers shall advance from the gates and shall station themselves between the formations. The horsemen shall be on their flanks, to the right and to the left. The priests shall sound a sustained blast on the trumpets for battle array, and the columns shall move to their battle array, each man to his place. And when they have taken up their stand in three arrays... The priest shall sound a second signal, soft and sustained, for them to advance until they are close to the enemy formation. They shall seize their weapons, and the priest shall then blow a shrill staccato blast on the six trumpets of massacre to direct the battle, and the Levites and all the blowers of ram's horns shall sound a mighty alarm to terrify the heart of the enemy. And therewith the javelins shall fly out to bring down the slain. Then the sound of the horns shall cease, but the priest shall continue to blow a shrill staccato blast on the trumpets to direct the battle until they have thrown seven times against the enemy formation. And then they shall sound a soft, a sustained, and a shrill sound on the trumpets of retreat. It is according to this rule that the priest shall sound the trumpets for the three divisions. With the first throw, the priest shall sound on the trumpets a mighty alarm to direct the battle until they have thrown seven times. Then the priest shall sound for them on the trumpets of retreat a soft sustained and a shrill sound, and they shall return to their positions in the formation. Then the priest shall blow the trumpets of summons, and the two divisions of foot soldiers shall advance from the gates and shall stand between the formations, and the priest shall blow, then blow the trumpets of massacre, and the Levites and all the blowers of ram's horns shall sound an alarm, a mighty blast, and therewith they shall set about to bring down the slain with their hands." All the people shall cease their clamor, but the priest shall continue to blow the trumpets of massacre to direct the battle until the enemy is smitten and put to flight, and the priest shall blow to direct the battle. And when they are smitten before them, the priest shall sound the trumpet of summons, and all the foot soldiers shall rally to them from the midst of the front formations, uh, and the six divisions together with the fighting divisions shall take up their stations. Altogether they shall be seven formations, 28,000 fighting men and 6,000 horsemen. All these shall pursue the enemy to destroy him in an everlasting destruction in the battle of God. The priest shall sound for them the trumpets of pursuit, and they shall deploy against all the enemy in a pursuit to destruction. And all the horsemen shall thrust them back on the flanks of the battle until they are utterly destroyed. And as the slain men fall, the priest shall trumpet from afar. They shall not approach the slain lest they be defiled with unclean blood. For they are holy, and they shall not profane the anointing of their priesthood with the blood of nations of vanity. The rule for changes in battle order to form the position of a square with towers, a concave line with towers, a convex line with towers, a shallow convex line obtained by the advance of the theater, or by the advance of both flanks, to terrify the enemy. The shields of the towers shall be three cubits long and their spears eight cubits. The tower shall advance from the formation and shall have one hundred shields to each side. In this manner, the tower shall be surrounded on, all, on three sides by three hundred shields, and it shall also have two gates, one on to the right and one to the left. They shall write on all the shields of the towers. On the first, Michael. On the second, Gabriel. On the third, Sariel. And on the fourth, Raphael. Michael and Gabriel shall stand on the right, and Sariel and Raphael on the left. Dot, dot, dot. They shall set an ambush to dot, 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 
our camps and to keep us from all that is indecent and evil. Furthermore, Moses taught us, Thou art in the midst of us, a mighty God and terrible, causing all our enemies to flee before us. He taught our generations in former times, saying, When you draw near to battle, the priest shall rise and speak to the people, saying, Hear, O Israel, you draw near to battle this day against your enemies. Do not fear, do not let your hearts be afraid, do not be terrified, and have no fear, for your God goes out with you to fight for you against your enemies, that he may deliver you. Deuteronomy 20, verses 2 through 4. Our officers shall speak to all those prepared for battle. They shall strengthen by the power of God the freely devoted of heart, and shall make all the fearful men withdraw. They shall fortify all the men, mighty men of war. They shall recount that which thou saidst through Moses. When you go to war in your land against the oppressor who oppresses you, you shall blow the trumpets, and you shall be remembered before your God, and shall be saved from your enemies. Numbers 10, verse 9. Uh, and then it looks like there's uh, some sort of prayer here. <clears throat> o God of Israel, who is like thee in heaven or on earth, who accomplishes deeds and mighty works like thine, who is like thy people Israel, which thou hast chosen for thyself from all the peoples of the lands, the peoples of the saints of the covenant, instructed in the laws and learned in wisdom, dot, dot, dot. Who have heard the voice of majesty, and have seen the angels of holiness, whose ear has been unstopped, and who have heard profound things. Thou, O God, hast created the expanse of the heavens, and the host of heavenly lights, the tasks of the spirits, and the dominion of the holy ones, and treasury of glory, and the canopy of the clouds. Thou art creator of the earth, and of the laws dividing it into desert and grassland. Of all that it brings forth, and of all its fruits according to their kinds, of the circles of the seas, and of the gathering place of the rivers, and the divisions of the deeps, of the beasts and birds, and the shape of Adam, and of the generations of his seed, of the confusion of tongues, and of the scatterings of the peoples, of the dwelling in clans, and of the inheritance of lands, dot, 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 of the sacred seasons, and of the cycles of the years, and of time everlasting. Truly, the battle is thine. Their bodies are crushed by the might of thy hand, and there is no man to bury them. Thou didst deliver Goliath of Gath, the mighty warrior, into the hands of David thy servant, because in place of the sword and in place of the spear he put his trust in thy great name. For thine is the battle. Many times by thy great name did he triumph over the, over the Philistines. Many times hast thou also delivered us by the hand of our kings through thy loving kindness, and not in accordance with our works by which we have done evil, nor according to our rebellious deeds. Truly the battle is thine, and the power from thee. It is not ours. Our strength and the power of our hands accomplish no mighty deeds except by thy power and by the might of thy great valor. This thou hast taught us from ancient time, saying, A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. He shall smite the temples of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. He shall rule out of Jacob and shall cause the survivors of the city to perish. The enemy shall be his possession and Israel shall accomplish mighty deeds. Uh, according to this, Numbers 24, verses 17 through 19. Uh, which, a little bit of context, that's a prophecy from Balaam about the people who he was attempting to curse. Now, the star coming out of that is probably a reference to David, because David actually did all that stuff. But um, it doesn't really matter that David did it. No, what matters is that they want to do it now, of course. 
By the hand of thine anointed, who discerned thy testimonies, thou hast revealed to us the times of the battles of thy hands, that thou mayest glorify thyself and our enemies, uh, by leveling the hordes of Belial, the seven nations of vanity, by the hand of thy poor, whom thou hast redeemed by thy might and by the fullness of thy marvelous power. Thou hast opened the door of oak to the melting heart. Thou wilt do to them as thou didst to Pharaoh and to the captains of his chariots in the Red Sea. Thou wilt kindle the downcast of spirit, and they shall be as a flaming torch in the straw to consume ungodliness and never to cease until iniquity is destroyed. From ancient times thou hast foretold the hour when the might of thy hand would be raised against the Kittim, saying, Assyria shall fall by the sword of no man. The sword of no mere man shall devour him. Isaiah 31, verse 8. That verse, by the way, is uh, more properly translated uh, sword, but not of man. Right? But uh, they want to repeat it by saying uh, sword of no, no mere man. No, no mere man, because um, that, that, that means that we're not just mere men. We're super special because we're Israel from Qumran. So our swords will do it. Uh, our, it doesn't matter what the Bible says because we're going to have swords that God says, yeah, that's better. And so we're going to kill them all. <laughs> As you can see, they were very, very selective with how they used scripture. Because they had something they wanted to do, that they wanted to accomplish, and that they thoroughly believed in their hearts was the case. And if the Bible got in the way of that, you just you had to figure out how the Bible was actually saying what you wanted it to be saying. We've seen that quite a bit thus far, and I'm, I guarantee you it's not going to get any better. But continuing on here. For thou wilt deliver into the hands of the poor the enemies from all the lands to humble the mighty of the peoples by the hand of those who bent the dust. Sorry, of those bent to the dust to bring upon the head of thine enemies the reward of the wicked and to justify thy true judgment in the midst of all the sons of men and to make for thyself an everlasting name among the people whom thou hast redeemed. Dot, dot, dot of battles to be magnified and sanctified in the eyes of the remnant of the peoples that they may know, dot, 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 when thou chastisest Gog and all his assembly gathered about him, dot, dot, dot. For thou wilt fight with them from heaven, dot, 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 for the multitude of the holy ones is with thee in heaven, and the host of the angels is in thy holy abode, praising thy name. And thou hast established in a community for thyself the elect of thy holy people. The list of the names of all their host is with thee in the abode of thy holiness. The reckoning of the saints is in thy glorious dwelling place. Thou hast recorded for them with the graving tool of life, the favors of thy blessings, and the covenant of thy peace, that thou mayest reign over them forever and ever and throughout all the eternal ages. Thou wilt muster the host of thine elect in their thousands and myriads with thy holy ones and with all thine angels, that they may be mighty in battle, and may smite the rebels of the earth by thy great judgments, and that they may triumph together with the elect of heaven. For thou art terrible, O God, in the glory of thy kingdom, and the congregation of thy holy ones is among us, for everlasting succor. We will despise kings, we will mock and scorn the mighty, for our Lord is holy, and the King of glory is with us together with the holy ones. Valiant warriors of the angelic host are among our numbered men, and the hero of war is with our congregation. The host of his spirits is with our foot soldiers and horsemen. They are as clouds, as clouds of dew covering the earth, as a shower of rain shedding judgment on all that grows on the earth. 
Rise up, O hero! Lead off thy captives, O glorious one! Gather up thy spoils, O author of mighty deeds! Lay thine hand on the neck of thine enemies, and thy feet on the pile of the slain. Smite the nations, thine adversaries, and devour the flesh of the sinner with thy sword. Fill thy land with glory, and thine inheritance with blessing. Let there be a multitude of cattle in thy fields, and in thy palaces silver and gold and precious stones. O Zion, rejoice greatly. O Jerusalem, show thyself amidst jubilation. Rejoice, all you cities of Judah. Keep your gates ever open, that the hosts of the nations may be brought in. Their kings shall serve you, and all your oppressors shall bow down before you. They shall lick the dust off your feet, and shout for joy, O daughters of my people. Deck yourselves with glorious jewels, and rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Sovereignty shall be to the Lord, and everlasting dominion to Israel. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. The high priest shall come, and his brethren, the priests, and the Levites, and all the elders of the army shall be with him. In standing they shall bless the God of Israel, and all his works of truth, and shall execrate Belial there, and all the spirits of his company. Speaking, they shall say, Blessed be the God of Israel for all his holy purpose, and for his works of truth. Blessed be all those who serve him in righteousness, and who know him by faith. Cursed be Belial for his sinful purpose, and may he be execrated for his wicked rule. Cursed be all the spirits of his company for their ungodly purpose, and may they be execrated for all their service of uncleanness. Truly they are the company of darkness, but the company of God is one of eternal light. Thou art the God of our fathers, we bless thy name forever. We are the people of thine inheritance. Thou didst make a covenant with our fathers, and wilt establish it with their children throughout eternal ages. And in all thy glorious testimonies there has been a reminder of thy mercies among us to succor the remnant the survivors of thy covenant, that they might recount thy works of truth and the judgments of thy marvelous mighty deeds. Thou hast created us for thyself, O God, that we may be an everlasting people. Thou hast decreed for us a destiny of light according to thy truth. And the Prince of Light thou hast appointed from ancient times to come to our support. All the sons of righteousness are in his hand, and all the spirits of truth are under his dominion. But Belial, the angel of malevolence, thou hast created for the pit, his rule is in darkness, and his purpose is to bring about wickedness and iniquity. All the spirits of his company, the angels of destruction, walk according to the precepts of darkness. Toward them is their inclination. But let us, the company of thy truth, rejoice in thy mighty hand, and be glad for thy salvation, and exult because of thy succor in peace. O God of Israel, who can compare with thee in might? Thy mighty hand is with the poor. Which angel or prince can compare with thy redeeming succor? For thou hast appointed the day of battle from ancient times to come to the aid of truth and to destroy iniquity, to bring darkness low and to magnify light, to stand forever and to destroy all the sons of darkness. Now, question for people listening here on SoundCloud. Yes, Belial here is their term for the devil, and yes, the devil is really, really bad. Does God intend, biblically, if you read the Bible, do you get the feeling that God intends to beat the devil and send him to hell using a group of people who want to kill every race on the planet but their own from Qumran slaughtering people who don't know their left hand from their, for their right uh, killing all white people, Asians and Dravidians and Indians killing all the Malaysians I wonder how they thought the Malaysian campaign would go does that really glorify God? 
Does that fulfill the purpose of Israel as being a light unto the nations as it was in the Old Testament? They want to go back to the Old Testament, right? But the incongruity here, the, the, the difficulty, the, the snag, is the fact that they want to just kill everybody. And then they want to, like, execrate demons. Like, yes, now that we have murdered every race ever, except our own, now we can do an exorcism against Belial, the, the bad boy. Because in this story, he's the bad guy, but we're the good guys who did a bunch of stuff that would very much make the devil very happy. Just saying. But we continue on reading. Like the fire of his wrath against the idols of Egypt. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, yeah, to just... The mighty hand is with the poor, which angel or prince can be compared with thy redeeming of succor? For thou hast appointed the day of battle from ancient times to come to the aid of truth, to destroy iniquity, to bring darkness low, and to magnify light. Dot, dot, dot. To stand forever and to destroy all the sons of darkness. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot like the fire of his wrath against the idols of Egypt. And when they have risen from the slain to return to the camp, they shall all sing the psalm of return. And in the morning they shall wash their garments and shall cleanse themselves of the blood of the bodies of the ungodly, and they shall return to the positions in which they stood in battle formation before the fall of the enemy slain. And there they shall all bless the God of Israel. Rejoicing together they shall praise his name, and speaking they shall say, Blessed be the God of Israel who keeps mercy toward his covenant. With the appointed times of salvation with the people he has delivered. He has called them that staggered to marvelous mighty deeds and has gathered in the assembly of the nations to destruction without any remnant. He has lifted up in judgment the fearful of heart and has opened the mouth of the dumb that they may, might praise the mighty works of God. He has taught war to the hand of the feeble and steadied the trembling knee. He has braced the back of the smitten. Among the poor in spirit there is power over the heart of heart. And by the perfect of way, all the nations of wickedness have come to an end. Not one of their mighty men stands, but we are the remnant of thy people. Blessed be thy name, O God of mercies, who hast kept the covenant with our fathers. In all our generations thou hast bestowed thy wonderful favors on the remnant of thy people under the dominion of Belial. During all the mysteries of his malevolence, he has not made us stray from thy covenant. Thou hast driven his spirits of destruction far from us. Thou hast preserved the soul of thy redeemed when the men of his dominion acted wickedly. Thou hast raised the fallen by thy strength, and hast cut down the great in height, and hast brought down the lofty. There is no rescue for all their mighty men, and no refuge for their swift men. Thou givest to their honored men a reward of shame. All their empty existence hast thou turned to nothing. But we, thy holy people, will praise thy name because of the works of thy truth. We will exalt thy splendor because of thy mighty deeds. In all the seasons and appointed times forever, at the coming of day and at nightfall, and at the departure of evening and morning, for great is the design of thy glory and of thy wonderful mysteries on high, that thou shouldst raise up dust before thee and lay low the gods. Rise up, rise up, O God of gods, raise thyself in might, King of kings, may all the sons of darkness scatter before thee. The light of thy greatness shall shine forth on gods and men. It shall be a, like a fire burning in the dark places of perdition. It shall burn the sinners in the perdition of hell in an eternal blaze, dot, 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 in all the eternal seasons. Ooh, God of mercies, am I right? Showing zero mercy to anybody except for the people that 
he brought back together, I guess, from specifically this race and covenant. They shall recite there the war, all the war hymns. Afterwards, they shall return to their camps. For this shall be a time of distress for Israel and of the summons to war against all the nations. It shall be eternal deliverance for the company of God, but destruction for all the nations of wickedness. All those who are ready for battle shall march out and shall pitch their camp before the king of the Kittim, and before all the host of Belial gathered about him for the day of revenge by the sword of God. Then the high priest shall rise with the priests, his brethren, and the Levites, and all the men of the army, and he shall recite aloud the prayer in time of war, written in the book of the rule concerning his time, and also all their hymns. He shall marshal all the formations there, as is written in the book of war, and the priest appointed for the day of revenge by the voice of all his brethren shall go forward to strengthen the hearts of the fighting men. Speaking, he shall say, Be strong and valiant. Be warriors, fear not. Do not be confused, and do not let your hearts be afraid. Do not be fearful, fear them not. Do not fall back, for they are a congregation of wickedness, and all their works are in darkness. They tend towards darkness. They make for themselves a refuge in falsehood, and their power shall vanish like smoke. All the multitudes of their community shall not be found. Damned as they are, all the substance of their wickedness shall quickly fade like a flower in the summertime. Be brave and strong for the battle of God, for this day is the time of the battle of God against all the host of Belial, and of the judgment of all flesh. The God of Israel lifts his hands in his marvelous might against all the spirits of wickedness. The hosts of the warrior gods gird themselves for battle, and the formations of the holy ones prepare themselves for the day of revenge. Dot, 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 dot. For the God of Israel has called out the sword against all the nations, and he will do mighty deeds by the saints of his people. Mm. Mm. all the nations so remember sometimes they'll say and it sounds nicer and more marketable to say the wicked nations but then they'll say it's all the nations which is everybody but them again yeah yeah mm -hmm. full exto got it but continuing on and they shall obey all this rule on the day when they stand before the camps of the Kittim. The priest shall afterwards sound for them the trumpets of the reminder, and the gates of war shall open. The foot soldiers shall advance, and the columns shall station themselves between the formations. The priest shall sound for them the signal, battle array, and at the sound of the trumpets the columns shall deploy until every man is in his place. The priest shall then sound a second signal for them to advance, and when they are within throwing distance of the formation of the kitten, each man shall seize his weapon of war. Then the six priests shall blow on the trumpets of massacre a shrill staccato blast to direct the battle, and the Levites and all the blowers of ram's horns shall sound a battle alarm, a mighty clamor, and with this clamor they shall begin to bring down the slain from among the Kittim. All the people shall cease their clamor, but the priests shall continue to sound the trumpets of massacre, and battle shall be fought against the Kittim, Vakat. And when Baliel girds himself to come to the aid of the sons of darkness, and when the slain among the foot soldiers begin to fall by the mysteries of God, and when all the men appointed for battle are put to ordeal by them, the priests shall sound the trumpets of summons for another formation of the reserve to advance into battle, and they shall take up their stand between the formations. And those engaged in battle, they shall sound the retreat. Then the high priest shall draw near, and standing before the formation, he shall strengthen by the power of God their hearts and hands in his battle. Speaking, he shall say, dot, 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 the slain, for you have heard from ancient times through the mysteries of God, dot, 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 dot. He will pay their reward with burning fire by the hand of those tested in the crucible. 
He will sharpen his weapons and will not tire until all the wicked nations are destroyed. Remember the judgment of Nadab and Abihu, sons of Aaron, by whose judgment God showed himself holy in the eyes of Israel. But Eleazar and Ithamar he confirmed in an everlasting priestly covenant. Be strong and fear not. For they tend towards chaos and confusion, and they lean on that which is not and shall not be. To the God of Israel belongs all that is and shall be. He knows all the happenings of eternity. This is the day appointed by him for the defeat and overthrow of the prince of the kingdom of wickedness. And he will send eternal succor to the company of his redeemed by the might and the princely angel of the kingdom of Michael. With everlasting light he will enlighten with joy the children of Israel. Peace and blessing shall be with the company of God. He will raise up the kingdom of Michael in the midst of the gods and the realm of Israel in the midst of all flesh. Righteousness shall rejoice on high and all the children of his truth shall jubilate in eternal knowledge. And you, the sons of his covenant, be strong in the ordeal of God. His mysteries shall uphold you until he moves his hand for his trials to come to an end. After these words, the priest shall sound to marshal them into the divisions of the formation. And at the sound of the trumpets, the columns shall deploy until every man is in his place. Then the priest shall sound a second signal on the trumpets for them to advance. And when the foot soldiers approach throwing distance of the formation of the kitten, every man shall seize his weapon of war. The priest shall blow the trumpets of massacre, and the Levites and all the blowers of ram's horns shall sound a battle alarm. And the foot soldiers shall stretch out their hands against the host of the Kittim, and at the sound of the alarm they shall begin to bring down the slain. All the people shall cease their clamor. But the priest shall continue to blow the trumpets of massacre, and battle shall be brought again, fought against the Kittim. Dot, dot, dot. And in the third lot, dot, 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 that the slain may fall by the mysteries of God, dot, 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 in the seventh lot, when the great hand of God is raised in an everlasting blow against Belial and all the hosts of his kingdom, and when Assyria is pursued amidst the shouts of angels, and the clamor of the holy ones, the sons of Japheth shall fall to rise no more. The Ketim shall be crushed without remnant, and no man shall be saved from among them. At that time, on that day, when the hand of God of Israel is raised against all the multitude of Belial, the priests shall blow the six trumpets of the reminder, and all the battle formations shall rally to them, and shall divide against all the camps of the Kittim to destroy them utterly. And as the sun speeds to its setting on that day, the high priest shall stand, together with the Levites who are with him, and the tribal chiefs and the elders of the army, and they shall bless the God of Israel there. Speaking, they shall say, and blessed be thy name, O God of gods, for thou hast worked great marvels with thy people. Thou hast kept thy covenant with us from of old, and hast opened to us the gates of salvation many times. For the sake of thy covenant thou hast removed our misery. In accordance with thy goodness toward us, thou hast acted for the sake of thy name, O God of righteousness. Thou hast worked a marvelous miracle for us, and from ancient times there never was anything like it. For thou didst know the time appointed for us, and it has appeared before us this day. Dot, dot, dot. Thou hast shown us thy merciful hand and everlasting redemption by causing the dominion of the enemy to fall back forever. Thou hast shown us thy mighty hand and a stroke of destruction in the war against all our enemies. And now the day speeds to us, uh, speeds us to the pursuit of their multitude. Dot, dot, dot. Thou hast delivered up the hearts of the braves so that they stand no more. For thine is the power, and the battle is in thine hands. Dot, dot, dot. For our sovereign is holy, and the king of glory is with us. The host of his spirits is with our foot soldiers and horsemen. They are as clouds, as clouds of dew, covering the earth, and as a shower of rain shedding righteousness on all that grows there. 
Rise up, O hero. Lead off thy captives, O glorious one. Gather up thy spoils, O author of mighty deeds. Lay thy hand on the neck of thine enemies and thy feet on the pile of the slain. Smite the nations, thine adversaries, and devour the flesh with thy sword. Fill thy land with glory and thine inheritance with blessing. Let there be a multitude of cattle in thy fields and in thy palaces, silver and gold and precious stones. O Zion, rejoice greatly. Rejoice, all you cities of Judah. Keep your gates ever open that the hosts of the nations may be brought in. Your king shall serve you, and all your oppressors shall bow down before you. They shall lick the dust of your feet. Shout for joy, O daughters of my people. Deck yourselves with glorious jewels, and rule over the kingdom of the nations. Sovereignty shall be to the Lord, and everlasting dominion to Israel. Now, the, uh, there's a little bit extra here, close to the end of this war scroll. It's from a different fragment. Um, it's from 1QM combined with 4QM, a B, uh, 4Q492. Then they shall gather in the camp that night to rest until the morning. And in the morning they shall go to the place where the formation stood before the warriors of the Kittim fell, as well as the multitudes of Assyria and the hosts of all the assembled nations to discover whether the multitudes of the stricken are dead, with none to bury them. Those who fell there under the sword of God and the high priest shall draw near with his vicar and the chief priests and the Levites with the prince of the battle. And all the chiefs of the formations and their numbered men, they shall return to the positions which they held before the slain begin to fall, began to fall from among the Kittim, and there they shall praise the God the Most High. And that's the War Scroll. Let's go ahead and read a couple of the fragments here from Cave 4, and we have one more quick thing to read before we, uh, before we get to the point of all this. So... War Scroll from Cave 4, 4Q491 and 493. <clears throat> there shall be 1,000 cubits between the camp and the latrine. No nakedness whatever shall be seen in their surroundings. And when they set out to prepare the battle to curb the enemy, there shall be among them some exempted in the lot of each tribe according to their numbered men for each day's duty. On that day, some men from all their tribes shall set out from their camps toward the house of meeting. The priests, the Levites, and all the chiefs of the camps shall go out towards them. They will pass there before, according to the thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Whoever shall not be clean because of his fount on that night shall not go with them to the battle, for the holy angels shall be with their formations together. By fount, they're probably euphemistically referring to uh, nocturnal emissions or something. Anyway, dot, dot, dot. The, when the formation called up for that day's battle to pass to all, dot, 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 of the war... Three formations shall stand, formations behind formations. They shall set a space between all the formations, and they shall go out to battle in succession. These are the foot soldiers, and beside them the horsemen. They shall stand between the formations, and if they set up an ambush for a formation, the three ambushing formations shall be at a distance and shall not rise, dot, 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 of the war, and they shall hear the trumpets of the alarm, and the foot soldiers will begin to bring down the guilty dead. Afterwards, the ambush shall... Wait will begin to bring down the guilty dead. I, just, I like that wording. Anyway, afterwards the ambush shall rise from its hiding place, arranged in formations, the reassembly from the right and from the left, and from behind and from the front, four directions in the battles of annihilation. And all the formations engaged in combat with the enemy will be in one place. The first formation will go out to the battle, and the second stand, dot, 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 on their post. With... The completion of their time, the first shall return and rise, this dot dot dot, the second dot dot dot, when the battle is joined. And the second formation shall have completed its time, and they shall return and stand on their post in the third 
and the chief priest and his brethren, the priests and the Levites and the men of the order shall stand, and the priest shall blow the trumpets continuously, and a girdle of fine cloth of flax embroidered with blue, purple, and scarlet threads, a many-colored design produced by a craftsman, and a fine linen tunic and fine linen breeches, and a mitered turban on their heads. They shall not take them to the sanctuary, for they are battle raiments, according to all this rule, dot, dot, dot. Now, there is a very brief related thing called the Book of War. The, uh, the War Scroll does mention a Book of War. And unfortunately, we only have some fragments of it, but we'll go ahead and read those fragments again before getting to the point. 4Q285 and 11Q14. 4Q285 states, dot, 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 because of thy name and dot, 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 Michael, Gabriel, Sariel, and Raphael, dot, 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 with the elect of dot, dot, dot. Then we get to uh, fragment four here. Wickedness will be smitten, dot, 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 the prince of the congregation and all Israel, dot, 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 which was Written in the book of Ezekiel the prophet, I will strike your bow from your left hand and will make your arrows drop from your right hand. On the mountains of Israel you shall fall. Dot, dot, dot. The king of the Katim. Dot, dot, dot. The prince of the congregation will pursue them as far as the great sea. Dot, dot, dot. And they shall flee from before Israel. In that time, dot, dot, dot. He shall stand against them and they shall be stirred against them. Dot, dot, dot. And they shall return to the dry land. In that time, and they shall bring him, the king of the Kittim, before the prince of the congregation. Now, uh, 4Q285, fragment 7 says, The Messiah, branch of David, as it is written in the book of Isaiah the prophet, the thickets of the forest will be cut down with an axe, and Lebanon by a majestic one will fall. And there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, dot, 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 the branch of David, and they will enter into judgment with, dot, 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 and the prince of the congregation, the branch of David, will kill him, dot, 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 by strokes and by wounds, and a priest of renown will command, dot, 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 the slain of the Katim, dot, dot, dot. Uh, fragment 8 says, Answering, he shall say to the sons of Israel, May you be blessed in the name of the Most High God, dot, dot, dot. And may his holy name be blessed forever and ever. May all his holy angels be blessed. May the Most High God bless you. May he shine his face toward you and open for you his Good treasure, which is in heaven, to bring down on your land. Showers of blessing, dew, rain, early rain, and late rain, in his its time. And to give you the fruit of the produce of corn, wine, and oil plentiful. And may the land produce for you fruits of delight, and you shall eat and grow fat. And there shall be no miscarriage in your land, and no sickness, blight, or mildew shall be seen in its produce. And there shall be no loss of children, nor, stu nor stumbling in your congregation. And wild beasts shall withdraw from your land, and there shall be no pestilence in your land. For God is with you, and his holy angels stand in your congregation. And his holy name shall be invoked upon you, dot, 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 in your midst, dot, dot, dot. 11Q14, that fragment states, And he shall bless them in the name of the God of Israel, answering he shall say, dot, 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 to the sons of Israel. May you be blessed forever and ever, and may his dot, 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 be blessed, dot, 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 and may his holy angels be blessed. May the Most High God bless you. May his face, may he shine his face toward you and open you to his good treasure, which is in heaven, to bring down on your land showers of blessing, dew, rain, early rain, and late rain in his its time, to give you the fruit of the produce of corn, wine, and oil plentiful. May the land produce for you fruits of delight, and you shall eat and grow fat, and there shall be no miscarriage in your land, and no sickness, blight, or mildew shall be seen in its produce. There shall be no loss of children, nor stumbling in your congregation, and the wild beasts shall withdraw from your land. The sword shall not pass through your land, for God is with you, and his holy angels shall be present in your congregation, and his holy name shall be invoked upon you. That's it. 
So what's the point of all this? The point of all this is that the Qumran community had school shooter theology. You know that loser out there that ends up plotting to kill everybody he doesn't like? All the bullies and stuff like that. So he writes up these plans. He writes up these ideas and everything of how he's going to do it. He's going to get everybody in the cafeteria all at once. And then he's going to pull out his gun. And then he's going to get them. All the people that wronged him. His day of wrath. I, uh, speaking of wrath, like, gosh, these, this is Columbine theology here. This is Eric Harrison, Dylan Claybold sitting there with their backwards caps and their t-shirts to say wrath on them. Gripping their tech nines, just fantasizing about how they're going to kill everybody. This is Heather's theology. This is how we're going to blow up the school and we're going to make it plain to everybody the message we wanted everybody to know. School Shooter Theology, brought to you by Qumran. Yes, do Christians, do we believe that, yes, God will send all the unbelievers to hell? Yes. Is that something we look at and go, yay, yay, and I want to be a part of it. I want to send bad guys to hell too. No, we don't look at it that way. It is good news that everybody has the opportunity to be saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there divine justice? And do the people that end up going to hell deserve it? Yes, 100%. Is that a good thing? Intellectually so, we can recognize that. But it's not like my sports team is better than your sports team, so I'm going to shoot you. We're not gangbangers. But the Qumran community, they're a little cult here. That attitude has inspired other theological movements before. In the Munster Revolt in Germany, this dude was out there charging into battle after having pronounced that he was going to kill all the German princes. It's, it's school shooter theology. We're being pushed around. We're going to fantasize about how all of our enemies are going to die and how we are the special ones that are going to do it. The apothesis of our anger. It's silly. And I, for one, am going to always rejoice in the salvation that Jesus brings to me and even people I don't like. Why? Because if those people I don't like become Christians and they follow Christ, there's a good big fat chance they're not my enemies anymore. Amen and amen.